Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Double Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Reigns, and today we have Greg. Greg, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm glad to be on. I'm Greg Sissengrath. I'm a ultra runner, um, running coach, dad. So, Shout out uh, to Team Dirt yeah. and Dirt, right? Yeah, and co-founder of Team Dirt and Dirt. Thanks for reminding me. They'll, uh, they'll be happy that uh, you helped remind me of that. So, yeah. Um, Excited to be on. Yeah, guys, Greg, he just ran the Bear the Bear 100. It's a 100-mile endurance race. Um, you want to tell us a little bit more about the race, what it is, and where it's at? Yeah, the, uh, the Bear is a point-to-point. So it starts in Logan, Utah, which if you've never been, that area has probably one of the most beautiful falls that I've ever seen. Apparently, it's very short. Um, we were in that same area just last year, uh, Salt Lake City, and didn't look anything like uh, Logan. So Logan, Utah has an incredible fall. So the race goes from Logan, Utah, and finishes at uh, Fish Haven, Idaho. So, and it finishes around Bear Lake, which, <clears throat> which has probably the most scenic and brutal descents <laughs> for a finish of a race. Uh, great race. It's a... It's a tough one. It's one of the one of the few hard rock qualifiers. That's why we chose it. Just trying to build up those tickets, and when we eventually get in, uh, hopefully the body will be ready. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a tough race, um, but highly, highly recommended. What's the what's the elevation gain look like on the? Uh, it is right at twenty two thousand. Wow. Um, there's a few very. Uh, you know, I've, it's, it's up there with, uh, one of the hardest races. I didn't finish as well as I thought I could, but, um, it's, you know, not, not as high as far as altitude. You know, we, I think we top out about 9,000, um, which, you know, might be high to a lot of people, but you know, it's not, it's not like Leadville or anything like that, but yeah, just either, you're either going up where you're going down not a lot in between well yeah be, being from texas um how how were you able to prepare for this because texas we have you know we have some hills we have some pretty good hills but we don't have anywhere nowhere near nine thousand feet of elevation gain yeah. and i think it's like 800 feet elevation gain here so so tell us about that yeah so um i've been doing um been doing mountain races for the last uh this last five four or five years um so I've had to kind of game it as best as I can. You can do as much hill repeats as you want and that obviously build the leg strength, but it's really hard to sustain or it's hard to replicate a six mile climb at, you know, 15% grade. I have the benefit of a, a Nordic track treadmill that goes up to 40%. I got that a few years ago. It's a, uh, it's costly, but uh, it's probably one of the best investments, especially if you uh, if you have a family, um, you can't get out and do all the tough trails every Saturday and yep. Sunday. It takes a lot of time, so uh, having that helps out. Uh, I do a lot of strength, you know, a lot of squats, a lot of step ups, lunges, all all of that, and uh, just work your core and your stability. So. You can, uh, you can, you can still, I'm not going to say I do well for a flatlander, but you can still, you can still succeed. You know, I've, uh, 
I have one DNF at my, under my belt at Wasatch. Um, I, I will chalk that up to fractured ribs in a mountain bike accident before the race. So I'm not going to quite, uh, I'm not going to quite blame my body, uh, for that DNF, but, uh, yeah, you can definitely still do all those races that you see on Instagram, all the hard races that you want to go out to, um, while being a flatlander, you just have to, yeah, you just have to work a little bit differently. We don't have, uh, we don't have the ability to just step out of our door, and get in mass invert. Um, so we just have to right. play around with what we have. Yeah. How many, how many miles a week were you doing going into, uh, going into this race? Yeah. Um, I'm probably a bad example. I'm a, I'm a lower mileage runner. Uh, you know, if I'm a good, a good week, um, 40, 40, 50 miles. So, and that's, that's not huge. You know, we have, yeah. you have marathoners that will knock that out. That's probably the cutback week. Um, but for this week or for this specific training cycle, I did have a hundred mile week and I, I, I got it in my head that this is probably a good chance. I need some long miles. I had some 60 mile weeks. Um, that's probably the, uh, the extent of it. The hundred mile week just took while the body was fine. It just takes a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I have a full-time job, a coaching side gig and a family. So, that is not something that I could maintain, um, you know, week after week, but I could, pro- you know, definitely sneak it in. So that's probably a good, um, <clears throat> it's a good lesson that, um, you know, you can sneak in some super big weeks just to, uh, maybe I would say, I guess, overreach a little bit. Um, but, uh, that wouldn't be sustainable for me personally. I just don't, I just don't have the yeah. uh, time to get to do that regularly. Yeah, you hear about these guys going in doing like 200 mile weeks, like these crazy things. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't think I would ever do a 200 mile week going to 200 mile race. That's just crazy. Um, so like right before the race, um, did you do that? Was that the 50 mile run that I saw you did uh, with the, with those other guys? What was that? Uh, no, I actually didn't. Uh, there was the uh, 50 mile Yeti challenge. Yeah. I didn't actually do that. Um, I did. Uh, Actually, you know what? What did did I do any big weeks prior? Um, no, I I did. Uh, probably the longest thing I did was just a um, uh, FKT attempt on a local local route here, and it's just twenty miles or twenty two. Okay. Wow! So you went into a hundred mile race with with twenty miles just as your biggest long run. Yeah, um, we or myself, I I just. After a certain, you know, after a certain amount of races under your belt, I just don't know how much you need to do a 30, like a 30 mile run. I will typically get that kind of mileage in a race. And I think that's good enough. Um, I will say that in, in July I did a hundred K. So, you know, that was just what, eight weeks ago. So I don't think there's need, there's, there's no need to go, um, and do another long effort in between. I'd rather, uh, my philosophy is you do, uh, you know, you do a 30 mile training run. You really need to take some time off at least two, three days just to let your body bounce back because you're, you putting a lot of damage. You're getting, you're getting some benefit, but you're also putting a lot of damage on your body. So I, my philosophy is to be able to, get the maximum reward out of a long run and still be able to just maintain the next day. You know, Monday I like to do a 
and you know recovery day tuesday want to bounce back and do a run so if you you know you may it may look good on strava that you did a 50 mile run but then if you're not up the if you're not running you know the next three four days you're you're kind of set back so how how, how much have been for is that really so that's really my philosophy and again I'm, we've been running these trail ultras for several years now so i i think a lot of that benefit of doing a super long run is, you know, practicing your fueling. And a lot of it is mental to know that when you get past whatever, 26 miles is the typical, you know, like I just need to get past the marathon or you get past the 50 K you need to know in your head that your body can do it and your body and your mind can do it. But if, if you've proven that to yourself in races or long races, um, how many times do you need to do it in training? Um, so that's just, that's just my philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good philosophy. Um, guys, uh, Greg's also another guy you should, y'all should definitely listen to. Like you said, he does a part-time, I'm um, not part-time, but he has a side gig to where he coaches a lot of athletes. Um, and he hangs out with team Durenberg. Um, and is that the group that you coach team Durenberg? Uh, well, that's team Durenberg is kind of, it, it kind of grown. It grew from just a few friends where, you know, we, do our typical our typical group runs and yeah. we start you we're trying to get more people out to the trails you know like out to cross timbers shows that people aren't going out to and it was more something that kind of started as a hashtag hey we like dirt we like bird and we would you know we started hashtagging it and then we would we thought it'd be fun to uh get get some folks together and well we thought it would be fun to do a 50k out at cross timbers and well, we said, well, we'll do it and to see if anybody else wants to come. And, you know, it turned out 30 people wanted to come and that's really how it yeah. was born. We were just uh, messing around and, uh, you know, I don't think I'm not yet willing to call us race directors or anything like that, but we definitely are trying to build a community, you know, get people that, you know, just are, are, are running road that want to try trails or people that are already running trails that want to, you know, expand, uh, expand their distance or some of the difficulties. So we're just trying to build a inclusive community, bring people in and, uh, you know, it, share the models together. So I, uh, my coaching is team ninja coaching. So uh, it's a little bit separate. A lot of, you know, a lot of it o- overlaps. Yeah. A lot of the trail runners that I coach are running with us on, on Thursdays and Sundays, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been good to, uh, it's grown quite a bit. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic this year, we haven't been able to hold any of the events that we would typically do. Last year, we held three, and uh, all the money that we that we that we acquired was donated to the trails just for for maintenance because uh, they do a lot of good work. So, unfortunately, we haven't got to do any of those. But hopefully, uh, we've got a little night run coming up to give people experience on you know how to continue eating while overnight while it's cold I'll, I'll so be at that one I'll, yeah. I'll, i made sure i'd come back from god to run that one yeah uh, it's on yeah, halloween, right? halloween yep. night Hi, halloween so we'll, uh, i think we're gonna try to encourage people to have costumes and uh it should be fun yeah 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 it's definitely cool yeah guys uh for everyone listening out there i've gone out a couple times team dirt is definitely a fun group to run with um, they got some crazy fast guys um, and uh, they also have some people for every group and it's just a really cool group to go and run with. Um, so let's get into the, to the meat of this. So 
tell us about the Bear 100 before the race. Uh, tell us stories from the race, and then we could get it, get to uh, more about it after. Yeah, so uh, it was just uh, it was me and a friend, Jill Price, who I met at uh, Leadville uh, a few years ago, and last year we ran Wasatch together. I say we ran together, but uh, sorry, my dog just ran up behind me. Uh, she finished. I did not. She's a pretty awesome runner. So uh, I went out with her crew uh, on Thursday. The race is a Friday start. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we rode up just in time to get to the uh, to get to pack and pick up, drop off our drop bags, have some dinner. And it's a 6 a.m. start. You come out to the edge of Logan, Utah, and uh, you come out into this really nice neighborhood. I mean, it looks like, I think, uh, actually Post Malone lives in that neighborhood. So, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's it's mansions, and you <laughs> literally just start running up this street sideline with mansions, and it hits into Dry Canyon, and then you hit the trail, and that's it. Then you're on, you're literally on single track for almost the, uh, the whole hundred miles cross, you know, you cross a few roads, but it's a, it's a gorgeous course. Um, uh, again, I think it's probably the most scenic course as far as the, uh, as far, yeah, that I've, that I've seen in a while. Um, well, it's, it's very scenic and it's, it's pretty cool that you cross, you go from, uh, from Utah to Idaho. And it's funny when you cross that state line, the weather changed quite a bit. It got cold it got cooler um so yeah you get uh you get you get to see pretty much everything yeah i was looking at the um pictures on instagram that you post i think you posted one like 40 minutes ago an hour ago something like that yeah it looks pretty amazing Um, yeah and i would tell you that that picture again um it looks it looks gorgeous but it doesn't do it justice because when you're at the top and i guess you're about six six seven miles left you get to the top of the you get to the last climb, which is a brutal climb. Um, you, the last aid station is at mile 92. And there's a guy there that said, Hey, one, one little small bump. And he's smiling the whole time. And then it's all downhill. And I was like, why are you, I was like, why are you smiling like that? Cause <laughs> it's straight up. It's probably one of the steepest climbs that I've been on. And it's probably only a mile, a mile and a half, but it, it took forever. It would have been a hard climb on fresh legs. So you climb up, you see Bear Lake, and you know, oh, well, we're close to the finish, but it's still, it's still a good six miles away. And um, if your quads aren't good enough to run down, it's a, it's a long stretch, and it was for me. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous finish. The tur- the lake is is a turquoise blue, um, just as pretty as the ones you'll see in Leadville and uh any other colorado races um but it's a it's a tough finish because (laughs) you'd like to be able to run but if you can't it just makes it for a little bit longer day yeah when did it start to hurt for you because uh some people like it hurts like mile at the first like quarter and then the first 50 (laughs) when when did it start to hurt for you well i will say um it doesn't necessarily hurt but i always seem to i always seem to start start doubting doubting my decisions around the marathon mark and the marathon the i said the marathon to 40 miles um i'm like why do i do this and i think i've gone through it every race like i'm 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 done with hundreds you know it's just it's just stupid it hurts i'm tired but then after that i think uh 
when when it gets closer to dark um because you know in the afternoon it's tough wherever it is even even in uh utah it it felt hot and uh i think once you get past those moments and it starts to cool off i feel like it's uh it breathes new life into me and i feel fine um for me for this race specifically it did get tough around the past the 100k mark because it was a it was a little uh it was a little colder obviously dark and then we were pretty much spread out so um it's you know when you're not when you don't see other runners or someone's not behind you to kind of uh instinctively you know you're you want to stay in front of them or if you see someone in front of you you want to follow that light um that was a tough stretch um i wasn't picking up my pacer until mile 75 and i told him when i picked them up so i should have I should have had you start earlier because I, I think I slowed down a little bit. And uh, so that that was a tough stretch. Just, you know, you're just by yourself in your own mind. And and when you're tired, your mind's not necessarily a good place to be by yourself. So sometimes you just need uh, you need the distraction of at least other runners, maybe that you can attach onto or at least have your pacer. Um, so that was a that was a tough stretch for me. But, you know, I chose it. I wanted to. I, even though I had a pacer, he was local. Um, he volunteered. I was ready to actually do the whole thing on my own. Um, I, I did, we definitely still had Jill's crew to help me out at some of the aid stations, but, uh, you know, I've got some, I've got some long, crazy stuff, uh, in the future and, uh, I really wanted to kind of test myself. So I, I definitely chose a hard route and yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely tough. Got past it. You know, I could have been faster, but I'm still, you know, I'm definitely happy with the result. I've had a good race. I'm not, uh, I'm not sidelined with any kind of uh, injuries. And yeah. if I had to run, I could run today. Yeah, that's awesome. How long, how long did it take you to run this thing? Uh, 31 hours and 45 minutes. Um, hours. That's a long time. Yeah, I was pretty sleep? much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you, did you, uh, get any sleep or anything like that i did um i took two 10 minute naps on the trail um uh, it's not always it's not always recommended i did it i did it last year at a race but my pacer was there and i told him i just needed i was sleepwalking that race started at noon is cruel jewel in georgia and that has thirty three thousand feet of hurt so that's insane um i just yeah. i just feel like uh you know when you're tired and I was sleepwalking and kind of leaning. Um, that was the first time I did it because I'm probably like a lot of people. You know, you're just like, I can't fall asleep. I, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You, am I going to wake up? Yeah. But I woke up rejuvenated after that five minutes. So this time I was on my own in the middle of the night. And I just I just needed a little break. So I took out my phone, set, set an alarm, set it right on my chest and laid down right by a pine tree where it was soft and uh and i got 10 minutes but you're never really completely out of it um everybody that walks all the other runners that walk by are shining their headlamps on me to make sure there there's not a dead guy laying there um and yeah. that would uh that would wake me up and i did it twice i did it one more time with my pacer right about 5 a.m. because uh, typically what I found is that's a tough spot for me. You know, it's still dark. You've been you're about to hit the second sunrise usually, but when you get to that second sunrise, um, sun typically rejuvenates you and you feel you feel more awake. But I just 
I couldn't make it that that extra hour and a half, so I needed another ten minutes. And he he let me nap. He woke me up, and we were good to go for the rest of the way. Um, so uh, I've me and a few friends are doing Coca Dona two fifty next May. So which wow, is again two hundred yeah two hundred fifty miles. So we're definitely going to be sleeping. So I. I use that as an excuse to take a little bit longer of a dirt nap than I typically would because we're, you know, we're trying to find out uh, what the optimal time to nap is without, you know, setting yourself back because obviously you can't take hours. Your body's just going to lock up, I think. Um, but you would be, you would be surprised how much five minutes can help you. I think people are afraid that oh, I can't give up those ten minutes or those five minutes. But if you're able to um, take that nap and run better than you were before. It's, it's definitely time that you can, sorry. Oh, it's definitely, right. uh, still there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's definitely time that you can make up somewhere else by not hanging out at aid station or you're just really going to speed up. So everybody, everybody's a little bit different. You know, I get people that, uh, won't even sit down at aid station. Um, I'm fine with sitting down cause I know I'm going to get up. So, it's it's different for everybody, but I I definitely think it's helped me. So yeah. So what was the what was the aftermath like? You you crossed the finish line. How'd you feel as soon as you crossed the finish line? Uh, I will. I won't lie. I was pretty I was pretty tired or out of it the last forty five minutes. Uh, my pacer Bryson was like, "You're pretty quiet," <laughs> and I was just trying to get to the finish. And um, I yeah, I felt great. I felt great afterwards. Um, and you know, you, you get that mini adrenaline rush. So you're not, you don't feel tired anymore. And it's just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I think I just wanted to get out of my clothes and put on some pants and a sweatshirt, yep. eat some Cheetos, uh, and get a burger. And we, so we just had to wait to get to dinner, but yeah, I felt, honestly, it felt fine afterwards. Um, yeah. And there's really, you know, I guess once you can stop, everything feels a lot better. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, um, what, what advice would you give to someone that's maybe running their, their first ultra in the future or getting ready to run the first ultra? I I would say don't be intimidated by the distance. Um, obviously, and I'm, I'm speaking from a person that, you know, we're not, I'm not an elite runner. I'm not a, I'm not, well, it depends on the race and the day, but I'm not, I'm not going to be on the podium. So I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get out there, do something really cool, um, push push my body and my mind uh, past a, a certain point that not a lot of people get to experience. Don't be intimidated by the distance. It's all, for me, everything, those 50-mile 50, 50 races is 100-mile, 100K, 100-mile. It's, it's after a certain point, it's all mental. You know, you're, you're not going to be able to run as well as you – typically would at the shorter distance so just making yourself move it is all about uh what you have up top um so even if you're even if you're not fast if you're able to continue to move and you're not wasting time at aid stations you know i i saw plenty of people that were in front of me that i would just catch at aid stations because they'd still be sitting there they would take 30 minutes um there's time you can catch up um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's the, you know, the community of those races don't, yeah, 
don't be intimidated by the distance and don't feel like, you know, everybody's following the, the, uh, the elite ultra runners or, well, don't follow Jim Walmsley because not everybody can run 175 mile weeks. So don't feel like you have to run 70, 80 mile weeks to be successful at a race. You can still do it with less. You just have to be, uh, you know, mentally stronger and you have to have a training training plan that's sustainable for yourself. Um, yep. Awesome. Yeah, man, it was a pretty crazy story. I think it's crazy that you that you ran the Bear 100 being from North Texas area and not not really having, you know, mountains available to you or anything like yeah. that. You were able to just hold off with that many miles a week. It's just, that's crazy to me, man. Um, I appreciate you for being on the podcast. Do you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find you on social media? Yeah, I am uh, everywhere on social media. It'll be Ultra, Ninja, Runner, No E because I ran out of characters. So in R, so ultra ninja runner on my Instagram, Twitter, most of my contents on Instagram and then go to team dirt and bird on Instagram as well. We're uh, trying to trying to post a lot of video, a lot of content to get people excited for trails, but yeah, those two places and you should be able to find me at the others, just uh, kind of the link through on the bios. So those are the best places I try to, I try to keep the Instagram as my running content. The Facebook is more my family and my kids and Twitter is where I rant about other stuff. So probably not as much running stuff there, but yeah, definitely go to Instagram. Yeah, guys, I'll make sure to leave his stuff in the description. So um, whenever this goes uploads to wherever it's going to be, y'all be able to find all of his stuff. I want you guys to go give him a follow, uh, comment on all his stuff, check out his stuff, especially if you're in the North Texas area. Um, That was great, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure you tune in every Saturday. We have a podcast every Saturday. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have the owner from Trail Racing Over Texas on the podcast, actually. Uh, Oh, nice. Tune in then. Um, So thanks, guys. And I'll see you all next Saturday.